I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. Hello, one and all. It's Don LaGreca with the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. Unfortunately, no EJ today. We were able to work out a time. We're going to try to tape with him on Thursday. The schedule's going to be a little bit different this week. A lot going on. I got that Yankee game I'm going to call on Wednesday. So we're going to do a podcast today. Our next one will be Thursday with EJ, if that's okay with everybody. But there's a lot to go over. I wanted to start with the Flyers. Uh, I got a chance to see them up close in the 9 nothing Ranger win. And, and listen, we can chalk that up to just an aberration, right? And just say that that was just like a one-off. They just didn't play well. Um, who knows what they did the night before sometimes. Even during COVID, New York can be a little dicey uh, for people. We would be the first team to come to New York and to just have a mail-in. But, you know, this is a very, very average team over the last couple of weeks. And they've had their share of injuries, but so has everybody else. But, you know, there's been such a focus on them getting Ekholm and that that's going to solve their blue line problems. But I think that might be a little bit of a deeper issue, and that's with the goaltending. You've got Brian Elliott and Carter Hart. Now, I, I think everybody believes that Carter Hart is going to be a good goaltender down the road. He's only 22, and that's a position that I think you need the reps. Uh, you see goaltenders usually mature a little slower than you see defensemen and forwards. You know, you could throw an 18-, 19-year-old into this league, and they can excel, and they can be put in the right situations to excel at an early age. But you look at the goaltenders, especially recently, you know, when you get guys that are coming up at 21, 22 years old, it could be a very bumpy road, even on good teams, and I think that's what's happened with Carter Hart. So I'm not going to throw the baby away with the bathwater here. I think he's still a very, very good goaltender, but still part of the analysis of just not good enough. Because Brian Elliott has shown some signs. He's 11-7-4. That's not bad. But he's got a goal against average nearly three at 2.97. And his save percentage is under nine, along with Hart. So it's very rare you have two goaltenders that are working at less than a 900 goal, uh, save percentage. That's just inexcusable, even in this day and age of the NHL. This is not 1987 where you'd be able to get away with a three-and-a-half goal against average and a save percentage at 850. All right, so you're just not getting the goaltending. Then you add to the fact that the blue line hasn't been great, and there's still a lot of youngsters there as well. We're seeing kind of an awkward maturation process right now with Goss Despair uh, that it, it just it, it's really starting to look like it might be tough for Philadelphia to be able to make the playoffs. We've said that this is, a, I believe, five teams after four spots. You know, I don't believe the Rangers, Devils, and certainly the Sabres are going to be in contention. Now, the Rangers, let's keep an eye on them with the way Zibanejad has played and all that. But still, you're talking about a team that's six points off the pace with two more games played than Boston. All right, So even with the plus-10 goal differential, let's just draw the line at Philly. Philly's three points with a game more played. They've got a minus-12 goal differential. Minus 12. I mean, the only team is worse, the Devils at minus 19, and, and Buffalo's off the charts at minus 40. You know, that's not going to get the job done. You know, and they get embarrassed by the Islanders 6-1. to one. They got embarrassed the other night by the Rangers 9 nothing. And here's the rub. 
I don't know if there's anything you can do about it because you're not going to make a trade for a goaltender. You wouldn't think Hart's got to play. It just might come at the expense of this not being Philadelphia's year when we thought maybe it really had a chance to be. Uh, Ron Hextall turned out to be right. And there are many people who believe, and, and, and we heard this a lot last year, that one of the reasons Ron Hextall was let go is he wanted to keep Carter Hart down in the minor leagues. He did not want to bring him up too early. But that was the year in which they used six, seven different goaltenders, and Hart had to come up, and he played well, so he obviously was going to be a part of the process this year. But you know, looking at it, and, and Elliott's been okay but not great, and Pittsburgh has, I think, done a very good job of bouncing back after that loss to the Devils the other night, and then they bounce back and, and they win, and then they lose again in overtime, but at least they steal a point. You know, you're looking at Pittsburgh right now, 32 games played. That's tied for the most in the division, but 40 points and a plus-12 goal differential, and also only three losses in regulation at home. And, and, and the Islanders are great. Washington is looks special right now, winning eight of their last ten. So th- th- there could be a little bit of an issue there. Um Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. How great was the Hickey stuff the other night um, against the Flyers? He had two assists, played in his first game in 714 games that he missed, uh, obviously having to go with the, uh, the the passing of his older brother, the injuries. Uh, Thomas Hickey coming back and playing and contributing for the Islanders is just a really, really special story uh, that I f- really got a kick out of over the weekend. And, and the Islanders just continue to flex their muscle. Eight wins in their last ten, just one loss of regulation at home. Um, they've been okay on the road at seven, seven and two. You can live with that. You know they they lost Pajot for a bit. Didn't matter. Uh, they're going to make a trade. We talked about that in the last podcast. They are fine, uh, and so that's that's where we stand with those teams right now and how good things have been uh, for the Washington Capitals, the New York Islanders, and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Still uh, work to be done here, but I think those three are definitely playoff teams. And once Boston gets over the COVID protocol, I think they're going to be a playoff team too. Uh, I'm not ready to say that we're set in the East because we've seen what happens with COVID, right? And how things can change. And let's see how Boston plays. First of all, let's see if they can open the facility on Wednesday and then we'll see how they play after that. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. All right, Rangers, no Howden tonight as they will play the Buffalo Sabres. This is a game the Rangers have to get. I'm sorry. I know the Rangers are not one of the elite teams, but you can't sleep on this Buffalo team. I understand, although, God, they've lost five in a row, and they're 0-9-1 in their last 10. They just fired their coach. 
but this is a team that already beaten the Rangers earlier this season. But if the Rangers really want to be in this conversation, you cannot, under any circumstances, not walk away with two points against the Sabres. Then you get the struggling Flyers to close out the week. So let's see how this Ranger team is going to go. They had a miserable loss on Friday where they had the one-goal lead late. Ovechkin beat them with a couple. Looked like they were on their way to having it happen again on Saturday, but they held on. So Banajad looks like he's just playing with his hair on fire right now, which is so good for this team moving forward. So right now they just got to get the goaltending straightened out. And Igor Shosturkin's been skating. He's not going to go tonight. Kincaid's going to go, which makes you wonder right now, where where's Georgiev going to sit here? Because Kincaid's played well. He really has. And when Igor comes back, he's going to get his playing time. You know, Georgiev did have the shutout the other night, but he also had the benefit of nine goals and was hardly really tested. So I, I, I got to believe that Igor is going to be the number one guy here. But how is he going to play coming back from his injury? Is he going to get injured again? So the Rangers kind of have what they think up front, what they're going to have moving forward for the next decade possibly. Right now it's, all right, what goaltender is going to emerge? And even though he's not going to play tonight, possibly Thursday, we can finally see if Igor Shosturkin uh, is going to be the guy uh, moving forward. So the West is wild. Right now we've been waiting, sleeping on the Colorado Avalanche. When are they going to wake up? Well, now they've won six consecutive games, 8-1-1 one, and one in their last 10. They're finally healthy. Ranton and healthy. Landeskog is healthy. McKinnon's healthy. Uh, they, uh, right now they've been playing a lot of Grubauer, but they made the deal. Um, to bring in Johansson. So I think they're set Colorado-wise for making a run here. Uh, Vegas is still very, very good, but there's only a three-point differential right now between the two teams, and they both played 29 games. So that's going to be a race for the West. Minnesota's really calmed down as of late here with a couple of losses in a row. St. Louis just lost Sunquist for the year, but they've won two straight. So... I'm not ready to say either in the West that all four are locked in, but it's going to be it's going to take a lot for the Kings to make the jump. They've been average over the last ten. They've played thirty games, so they're chasing after teams that they've got a game in hand on the Kings with thirty two points. Um, Arizona's got thirty one points, but they've played thirty one games. They're minus fifteen goal differential, so maybe the Kings. But uh, right now, you might be set in the west now in the central i gotta tell you i'm really i'm getting excited about the possibility of a nice rivalry between florida and tampa moving forward both teams are outstanding two of the best teams in the league tampa got the better of them last night but those teams are going to be a battle for the top spot four point cushion for tampa but florida is right there uh, Tampa's by far just an amazing team with a plus 42 goal differential. They've now won four in a row after they had that little bit of a hiccup, if you remember, against Detroit. They've bounced back nicely from there. Carolina's cooled off with a couple of overtime losses. Columbus now has jumped in. They've won two in a row. They've now overtaken Chicago. And now you just wonder whether Chicago, who's really been doing it with smoke and mirrors for most of the year, whether they're going to be able to sustain now, now that they've taken that hit or now on the outside looking in. Now they're tied in points, okay? They've um, right now are right there with the uh, chance to get there. The row wins um, right now are in favor of Chicago. So it's right there, nip and tug as far as who's going to get in. But now that Columbus has kind of found their stride. Now these are two not great teams because you know Columbus is a minus 17 goal differential, Chicago a minus 11. So it, it's going to be interesting. Nashville trying to make a push here. I just don't think they're good enough. So there in the Central, we're looking at five teams for four spots with Chicago and Columbus getting at each other. But those top three are pretty much all locked in. And then we get to the North. 
Toronto with 42, Edmonton with 42. You know, it's amazing what can happen when you get goaltending, and the Oilers have gotten it. We know what they can do scoring-wise. Would they have the goaltending? Now their goal differentials up at plus 19. They've won three in a row, seven of their last ten. They've played two more games than Toronto, so let's not forget that. But right now, I think Toronto's the better team. Matthews has kind of cooled off just a little bit here. I'm not really overly confident in Edmonton's goaltending moving forward. But right now, they're hanging in. Winnipeg with 38 points, but they've played three less games than Edmonton, one less than Toronto. So Winnipeg is still much very very into the conversation. And then finally, after 10 kicks at the can, Montreal finally won a game in overtime of the shootout. And now they're going to take on Edmonton tonight. That's going to be a very interesting game. Is Montreal trying to hold on? They've got a two-point lead on Vancouver. But the rub for Vancouver, we've talked about it a lot, four more games played than Montreal. So Vancouver's still there. Calgary, they've cooled off just a little bit after the Daryl Sutter hiring. They're sitting there at four points back. But they played 32 games, one more than Montreal. I'll still keep Vancouver and Calgary in the mix. But right now, even though Montreal's had their issues, we might be set. So what does that tell you? That tells you that here we are, about 30-some-odd games played by every team in the National Hockey League, with the exception of a few that have played 28 or 29. But it's going to be so tough to move with everybody playing in the same division And we may only have a handful of non-playoff teams with a shot. Let's put Calgary and Vancouver there, okay? Let's put L.A. there. That's three. Let's put Philadelphia there. That's four. That might be all we're really looking at as far as team in Chicago, five. Might only be about five teams right now on the outside looking in that still can have a shot. But let's see what happens with COVID moving forward. Uh, But right now, that's what we're probably looking at for the stretch run. I don't know how important it's going to be for home ice advantage considering the fact you do get the last change, but I don't think we'll play in front of full building, certainly not in Canada. So that takes out that whole division where it's going to make that much of a difference for teams to kill themselves to get the home ice advantage. And we might even be playing in a neutral site by the time we get to the conference final. So winning the division may not be as important. Getting that home ice advantage may not be as important as we've seen uh, in recent years. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right, let's hear from you. At Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct the way to get in touch with me. And Yankees and Penguins, I guess those are his two favorite teams. Is hi, Don. Which goalie do you think could be moved at the trade deadline? That's a very interesting, very interesting conversation to have. What, what can happen? Will the Rangers pull the trigger on Georgiev? Let's say, let's say Shesterkin comes back and he plays lights out, all right, and you feel comfortable in Kincaid being your backup. Would Georgiev be something a team would be interested in, especially that since he's not playing so great? Um, but maybe if he plays a couple of games here and plays well, I mean, he didn't play awful the other night against Tampa, but he left a couple of re- uh, against Washington, left a couple of rebounds that were juicy late in that game and got beat two to one. So he only made 16 saves on 18 shots. Kincaid bailed him out a couple of times the previous two starts before the nine nothing win because he got pulled. Is there a possibility there? that something can happen. But it's going to be tough with because you, you're probably not going to see. It would have to be certainly somebody 
that's on the outside of Canada, right? Or somebody that you want to bring in that could possibly um, help you in the postseason rather than the regular season. So don't know if there's anybody in Calgary that anybody would be interested in for sure. Um, everybody's holding on to their backups because there have been a series of injuries. There was a lot of talk that Flurry would be dealt by Vegas. Not going to happen the way he's playing. Absolutely lights out, so forget about that happening. Um, there's nobody on New Jersey right now. Buffalo, is there anybody that you want? Is, is Hutton somebody that you want to try to make a deal for? Don't see a lot of needle movers off the top of my head, but I will keep an eye out for that. Um, Tony says, what are the odds the NHL could extend the trade deadline due to missing games for teams and the quarantine from the North or other divisions? I don't think they will. They knew the quarantine was going to be an issue, so I don't think there's a problem there. When you talk about the COVID situation, right, where we did see a, a tremendous discrepancy in games played, I still think we've seen enough games played here. Now, you, you do see like an inordinate amount of games that have been played by Vancouver, right? But that's been an aberration. There isn't anybody that's that far behind where you could say that it would be unfair. So I don't think we'll see any movement whatsoever when it comes um, to that. I think we're going to keep it ste- steadfast as far as that's concerned because I don't believe there's going to be much uh, movement uh, because of the COVID situation. Jason says, hey, Don, a young Rangers team has really hurt by having no preseason and started off 1-4-1 and since they're playing much better and would be in a playoff mix. Do you think they can make up the lost ground? Here's why I think the Rangers could have a shot to do it because, all right, here, you, you looked at this team when they, when they hit the exact halfway point, 28 games played. They were 12, 12, and 4. 500. With Panarin missing 10 games, with Heedle missing 14 games, with Truba missing 8 games, with Shesterkin in and out of the lineup, with a shell of himself in Mika Zibanejad. Now you get everybody healthy, they should be much better. Is it enough to make a push? Is it enough to make up the six points? With Boston having games in hand, I'm not sure, but I think it's enough to be able to make it uh, with two things. Number one, make it interesting, and number two, going into next year could actually make some people believe that this can be a team that can really be a force in the future. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Robert says, do you think they could cut down all of the offside reviews if they made the blue line narrower like maybe same thickness as the red line. It's a possibility. This has been broached before. I still don't know how it kind of makes up those close calls. Could be something they consider. I'm frustrated by just the length of time it takes for some of these reviews, and it does take some of the fun out when a goal is scored. you got to wonder, right, was the playoff side or not? But they might be something that they tweak, but I don't think it'll go uh, too crazy. Um, but they'll definitely look at it probably during the offseason. Chris says, hey, Don, you mentioned Friday you think the Flyers will acquire Ekholm. Based on how they played, would you would it make sense or much of a difference since the team looks um, defeated mentally? Would it make more sense to shake up the roster in the offseason? Here's the, here's the rub, Chris. Anytime that you think you got a shot at the playoffs and you don't have to mortgage the future to do it, I, I think you got to make that kind of move. I think that's an important thing to do. And Ekholm is somebody that I think can be such a needle mover for Philadelphia. I think the goaltending will be better. But I understand your apprehension because, really, is he going to make that much of a difference if the goaltending is going to be a sieve and if the team is going to play as lethargic as they played? I I don't know. It's a great, great question. Uh, BJ says, hey, Don, I've noticed that games don't go to a commercial break after a goal is scored, even if a commercial should be due. Do you know the reason? Well, the reason is very simple. They want the television broadcast to analyze and replay the goal. 
for people that might be new to hockey or just don't know television, the first stoppage that is not an icing at the 14-minute the mark, below the 14-minute mark, below the 10-minute mark, below the 6-minute mark, you're supposed to go to a commercial. Now, that was tweaked on give-up plays, meaning a team that dumps it in from center ice on the goal, they won't go to commercial break that time either, and that was newly instituted this past season. If there is an off, if there is a icing, there's no commercial break because they don't want to give the team a break. Um, same reason why you can't call a timeout after an icing, and they don't do it after a goal because, from a television production standpoint, isn't it better to show replays of the goal, analyze the goal? You wouldn't be able to do that if you went to commercial break. So it is as simple an answer as that. Now, Mike says, "Hey, Don, I'm a fan of David Quinn." The Rangers have been playing well since the COVID departure. Do you think this is just a case of, hey, guys, we have a substitute teacher today, easy day, and they feel more relaxed, What that the teacher is not in or new coach in future plans? I don't – people are reading way too much into this. And you said that you're a fan of David Quinn, so I'm not accusing you, Mike, of doing this, but – he put the exact same game plan that was going to be instituted for David Quinn in the 9 nothing win. I'm not going to make it seem like, oh, well, you know, Chris Knobloch didn't do anything. But the fact is, is that was the game plan, all right? Uh, the, the coach, everybody likes David Quinn. We've heard no rumblings of that at all. You know, somebody said because they're not afraid of being benched. Well, who, uh, who exactly has been benched that hasn't deserved to be benched or have his ice time tweaked a little bit, all right? And Chris Drury is there to represent the organization, so it's not like David Quinn's not taking notes. It's not like Chris Drury can't institute some of David Quinn's ideals while changes are being made on the fly during the course of the game. I think people are reaching to say that because Chris Knobloch has been behind the bench, the Rangers are 2-1, and one, and they wouldn't have been 2-1 and one without David Quinn. That's completely unfair. Mika Zibanejad has played great. He was playing great before Quinn had the COVID-19 protocol. You started to see signs that he was going to break out. He didn't break out because of Chris Knobloch being behind the bench. Most of these guys don't know Chris Knobloch. A few do. Some of the guys that played down in Hartford with him, like Ryan Lingren, but most of these guys don't know him. And I, I just I, I think it's a bit of a reach. I do. I think it's a work in progress, certainly, with this team. And there's going to be ups and downs because look what happened. Look what happened on, on Friday, right? You come off that 9 nothing win, next thing you know, you can't, you can't buy a goal. You get a power play goal from Panarin, and then that's it, right? And, and they've scored four goals since then, and one of them is into the empty net. So that was obviously that 9 nothing win was an aberration on both sides. The Rangers aren't that good. The Flyers aren't that bad. Just a, a perfect storm happened, okay? Not because of the coaching difference. Not because of the change behind the bench. I think people are really, really reaching when it comes to this. And I understand it. You guys are frustrated. You thought this was going to be the year they are going to make great strides. But ask yourself this. As frustrating as, as the Rangers have been so far this season, and they have been very, very frustrating. I will give you that. All right? And as disappointed as you are right now that this is basically just a 500 hockey team. But have they not faced adversity? Have they not had pieces missing? Panarin has been the best player on this team for the last couple of years, right? You can't, in in 30 games played, you can't have him out of your lineup for a third of them. He was out for 10. Now, Mika Zibanejad was not playing well. Would you think that was COVID or the coaching of David Quinn? I'm going to probably bank on that it was COVID. Heedle, you don't think his maturation was disturbed by him missing 14 games? Or Truba? who has points since coming back from his broken thumb, missed eight games. I mean, these are people they traded for. These are people they signed to make their teams better. And chunks of time they weren't playing, right? Kako missed time because of COVID protocol. 
That hurts as far as the second year. And he'd been playing well. And you haven't got any goaltending. Not to the level that you thought you were going to get. Is that the coach's fault? So it's an easy thing in sports. And I know I sound like a David Quinn apologist and I work for the Rangers and all that. But seriously, I'll call a coach out and I don't think he's doing a good job. I mean, I think a person completely ignorant to hockey could see that Ralph Kruger wasn't doing a good job in Buffalo, but I certainly called him out when I thought he was doing a poor job. When I think it's coaching, I'll say it. And I really don't think it's coaching. Now, I'll give you this. I'll throw you a bone. Let's fast forward a year from now. I'm doing this podcast on March 22nd in 2022. And we're talking about a Ranger team that at that point will be very deep into the season, past the trading deadline, and they're looking at a fifth consecutive year out of the playoffs and being very average and underachieving. Well, then yes. Then I think that David Quinn will probably be in a lot of trouble because then that's, that's, that's a step backward. But it's hard for me to say they haven't taken a significant step forward when A, all right, they've been decimated by injuries, and B, I think the way they played before the pandemic might have been the aberration and not the rule. They were lights out before the pandemic hit. Maybe that was fool's gold. Certainly for Igor Shosturkin it was. He doesn't seem to be nearly as good as he was last year. Now, does that mean he's not a good goaltender, or did the league catch up with him? Probably the league caught up with him. Now, he's got to make his necessary adjustments, and right now, just do a better job of staying on the ice. All right, this was fun. We'll have EJ back on Thursday. Again, usually we do this on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We're going to do it on Monday, Thursday, and Friday because we've got a few things going on that I've got to deal with, and we'll have EJ back coming up on Thursday. So stay safe. Enjoy all the hockey coming up. should be a lot of fun. I'll be doing the pre and post for the Rangers and the Sabres tonight, which will begin at 6.30 on 98.7 ESPN New York. Back with you again on Thursday. This was the Monday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.